The last uh, four weeks we've been listening to Jesus speak from the cross and hearing his last words from the cross. And today we're going to hear the message of the cross and hear what the cross has to say to us and what the message of the cross is. And so all of our worship today focuses upon the cross and the death of Jesus Christ. And also it leads us then into celebrating uh, the day and our salvation. We've already witnessed that with baptism. And now we come and prepare our hearts for the celebration of the Lord's Supper as we see here uh, before us. In Luke's Gospel, we read uh, this account of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And it begins in Luke chapter 23, verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breast and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. You know, we should never get tired of hearing that story or even reading it. But sometimes I wonder if we take it maybe too much for granted that we know it and everybody else does. Let me give you something to think about. On a recent survey of 7,000 people in six different countries taken by the Research International, they discovered that the Shell Oil logo, the Golden Arches of McDonald's, and the Mercedes-Benz emblem was far more recognized than was the Christian cross, by 84% to 54 So I think we need to refocus on the cross today and hear this message of the cross and understand this message of the cross, particularly when we live in a world that I think the Apostle Paul comes close to describing uh, in the first chapter of Corinthians about the message of the cross and how the world reacts to the cross. Listen to what he says in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians 1, beginning in verse 18. He says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. 
Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. When we see the cross, we need to see it in two ways, I think. We need to see it both as as a symbol of horror and as a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of horror because we know the excruciating death that our Lord Jesus Christ died on that cross. Crucifixion was a terrible form of execution reserved for the harshest of criminals, perhaps with the harshest of crimes, even up to terrorism. But at the same time, it's a symbol of hope because it's our only sense of hope. Because as we see that cross and we understand hope, we understand why the writer of Hebrews says to us that Jesus went to the cross and he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, it's a symbol of horror and it's a symbol of hope. Because while the horror was of the death of Jesus Christ, the hope is for us That we now have hope beyond ourselves and beyond the grave and beyond the sin of our life and beyond the chaos and failures of our life. But now at the same time, there's also a word of caution that somehow I think that there's a meaningless commercialism about the cross in our society today. I mean, you see it everywhere. In jewelry, basketball players, if you've watched uh, the March Madness, you see so many of them have a cross tattooed on them, maybe in multiple places. And I wonder, do they really understand the significance of that and what it means? I don't watch these shows, but the other night uh, uh, we were sitting there, and I think a ball game went off, and I looked at Cookie, and I said, is anything you want to see? Because there's nothing on here I want to watch. She said, I'd like to see what's going on on American Idol. So we switched to American Idol, and I don't watch that or the other show, what is it, The Voice or something, all of these other things that come off of that either. But they had one of the former winners. I think maybe it was last year's winner who was back on. You know, did anybody see that know who he was? But the first thing I noticed about him, if you saw that the other night, he had on a cross necklace. And my first thought was, I wonder if this young man knows what that cross means. Now, see, you all get the benefit of the wisdom and the insight of the early worship hour because they told me afterwards that, yes, whatever his name is, I forget. Is it Matthew something? Okay. That he is a member of First Baptist Church in Garner, North Carolina. So I said, well, I'm pleased to hear that. But at the same time, I have to wonder when I look at the way the cross is worn and abused in our culture today, Do people really understand the significance of the cross? Many years ago, I read a book by Calvin Miller entitled Once Upon a Tree. And he makes a reference to the fact that the cross now has become celluloid crosses. And he comments that our world has literally gone cross crazy. We have literally crucified the cross with overexposure. Now, for us to rightfully understand the message of the cross, there are four things I think we need to see today and understand. First of all... The cross is shame turned to glory. Of all forms of death, crucifixion was the most feared throughout history. And death on the cross was saved for the most heinous of crimes. And death on the cross constituted the greatest of shame, humiliation, and disgrace, especially among Jews. And Jesus Christ took the shame and humiliation of the cross and he turned it into an instrument to the glory of God. That cross became the way in which God was glorified. And the early believers, the early Christians had to do the same thing. And so they gloried in the cross of Christ. 
You see, the cross is shame turned into glory, and it reminds us that that ought to be valued above everything else in our life. If you've watched the basketball tournament, hopefully uh, you kept up with it even yesterday as Louisville and Kentucky squared off and Kansas and um, Ohio State squared off. Now they're down to two. And that, that game will be played tomorrow night for the national championship, and that's between Kentucky and Kansas. As I watch that, I, I can always remember John Wooden, who was a great coach at UCLA, and I think there was a, a stretch there where they won, what, 10 consecutive national championships. But John Wooden always carried a cross in his pocket. And when asked why, he said to remind him that there's something more important in life than basketball. When we look at the cross, we need to be reminded of the fact that there is nothing in life more important than the cross of Jesus Christ. Because it represents our salvation. It's both a symbol of horror and hope, but it turned into the instrument to be used to the glory of God. Second thing about the cross is, the message is that the cross is God's demonstration of both love and sacrifice. See, when God gave his son, it was not with any expectations that he might escape the cross. Calvary was never meant to be an option for Christ. There was no other hope of saving us, mankind, sinners, because John says that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And so we have to see the cross whenever we see it as a symbol of God's love. John 3.16 reminds us of that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And 1 John 4.19 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, the cross definitely is the message of God's infinite love for us. And only God could love us so much as to give us his only son. And only God could love us so much as to give us himself in a relationship. So whenever we see the cross, we need to see that stands being behind it is God with his arms stretched so wide as if to say, here is, the, here is the width and the depth of my love that I showed for you on the cross of Calvary. It's a sign of the God's infinite love for you, for me, and all who have crossed the face of this earth. Thirdly, the message of the cross says that the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Paul reminds us of that in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. He says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. You see, it seemed as foolishness to the Jews that the supposed Messiah would allow himself to suffer and die at the hands of sinners. It seemed foolishness to the Gentiles that God would exhibit such love for sinful human beings. And the message of the cross seems as foolishness to all who will reject its redeeming message, who refuse to accept that Jesus is God in the flesh, and who refuse to acknowledge our need of the forgiveness of our sins and a Savior in our life. See, those who trust in themselves and their own works for redemption are foolish. They're the ones who are foolish and not the cross. But it was foolish to even those who ridiculed and mocked Jesus as he hung on that cross and died. Because the scripture says the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. And fourthly, the cross is God's final word about salvation. Paul again says the same thing in verse 18. 
For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, we're reminded when we look at the cross and as we prepare for celebrating Lord's Supper and taking the bread that represents the body of Christ and the cup of juice that represents the blood of Christ, that the death of Jesus Christ is the only power that can save us from our sins and from eternal death. You see, it is the power of God to keep us in a salvation relationship with Him. It's the power of God to raise and glorify us when we have chosen to believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. You see, it's at the cross that Jesus gave Himself to save us. And it's at the cross that we come to give up ourselves so that we will find Jesus. That's the message of the cross. And the message of the cross today on this Palm Sunday is taken to us in another step in the fact that in a moment we will share in the Lord's Supper and all who are believers who have embraced Jesus Christ and experienced forgiveness are invited to partake of the bread again which reminds us of the sacrifice of the body of Christ and the blood which reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and His perfect blood as the only, the only way our sins could be forgiven. You see, that's the message of the cross. That's the message of the cross, that in this cross-crazy world, that we need to make sure we understand and that we believe and that we share with the world around us. Prepare your hearts to share in the Lord's Supper.